We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to New York City. Everybody listening, whether it's on 101.9 FM, 6.60 AM in the tri-state area. Salutes everyone listening on WFAN.com or the Odyssey app. And if you're tuning in, lock in. Because tonight is a historic night. It is an epic night. History in the making because CP the franchise has crash landed on WFAN. The franchise on the fan, uh, and it's an unbelievable, unbelievable moment. I gotta say that I am humbled, I am blessed, and I'm grateful to be here on the airwaves to speak to you guys tonight to host the show tonight. Because this station has been a part of my life for the better half of 20 years. I grew up on FAN. Me being a, a fanatic of New York sports, you know, fan short for fanatic. FAN was a big influence in that. My history with FAN goes back to, uh, I tell this story all the time. Take your kid to work day. I used to come into the city with my dad and his office building used to be right by Madison Square Garden. It was either like one Penn Plaza, 11 Penn Plaza. He was an engineer, electrical designer at that time. And you would go in the office 
And, you know, all the guys would be in and, and working on their drafts, working on their craft, on their computers. But you would always hear in the background, the radio, two guys going back and forth, arguing, bickering, bantering. They like almost like they wanted to fight each other. It was always, always contentious. And as a kid, I, I couldn't understand the fascination with what was going on in the radio. And that show was Mike and the Mad Dog. And ever since then, I was hooked. I would go to sleep listening to the fan. I would wake up listening to the fan. The hosts that would get you through the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, the breaking news, the rumors, the scandals. I would always tune into the fan to hear the passion, the emotion, and the reactions of the hosts and the fans alike. And so I mentioned Mike and the Mad Dog. I'm sitting right now where Mike Francesa has sat. We are in the Mike Francesa studios. As my guy Denzel Washington said in Crimson Tide, I am at the con. The head honcho tonight. This might be Craig Carton's seat. I think I stole Craig Carton's seat for tonight. But shout out to Craig. Thanks for the seat. So I mentioned Mike and the dog and, and their influence. Joe Beningo, Oh, the pain. The overnights. Used to tune into Beningo. Shout out to Evan Roberts. Tony Page on the overnights. I used to call Tony Page on my way home from the city on weekend nights to talk Knicks, talk boxing. Jody Mack, Brandon Tierney. Those were the people that had influenced me as a sports fan. When I think about the fan, I think about the iconic callers who I grew so accustomed to hearing. You know, after every event for a particular team, you knew who the callers were going to be that night. Whether it, was, whether it was Ira from Staten Island calling in on the Jets. And to this day, I don't know how Ira gets in every show. He's always first. I think he's got the easy pass of the VIP line. I've been trying to figure out that number for 20 years. But now I'm here. Doris from Regal Park. Bruce from Bayside. Jerome from the Bronx. Always angry about the, the Yankees. They stink. That was a signature, signature line. So all of that influenced me as a sports fan for New York sports. I'm a diehard Knicks fan, diehard Giants fan, diehard Yankees fan. I watch some hockey here and there on a casual basis, but, but that's about it. And so the way I got here today was through a very unorthodox path. I never went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting I never had a broadcast journalism degree. I never entered the fantasy phenom contest. But many years ago, a couple years ago, I said to myself, you know, I just wasn't satisfied with the coverage of my team, in particular the New York Knicks. For, for, for many in the mainstream media, the Knicks, they, they were the butt of all jokes, the laughing stock of the NBA. So, that, so at the mainstream level, they really weren't covering my team in the way that I felt like it should be covered. And let's be honest, for the last 20-plus years, the New York Knicks have been a train wreck. But nevertheless, the diehard Knicks fan, of which they are many, still wanted to hear about the ins and outs of the team because the diehard Knicks fan is passionate. At times, they're delusional, but they're very smart. They're very savvy. And so they wanted to hear more about that team. 
They wanted to feel hope about their draft picks, whether it was Frank Nilkina, <laughs> Iggy Prasdakis, or, or, or R.J. Barrett Obi Toppin. They wanted that inside scoop. They wanted that community to be able to talk about it, to react to it, and have their opinions heard. And so what I did, I took my cell phone, I took a tripod, and on June 2017, I went out to MSG, Madison Square Garden, and I just interviewed fans. I just went on the streets, interviewed fans. I wanted to hear what they had to say about the draft. We ended up drafting Frank Nilakina. It was the most uh, unimpressive draft in many years. A lot, of, a lot of disappointed Knicks fans that night at the Paramount Theater. But there was some buzz going on also before the draft because there was rumors that Phil Jackson was looking to trade Kristaps Porzingis. So I did get some content for the channel, which would be called Knicks Fan TV. And when I put it up on YouTube... There was some minor reaction here and there. It was The feedback was okay. And I said, this is all right, but I want to have the fans. I want to hear from the fans. I want the fans to call in. I want that Mike and the Mad Dog feel of myself and a co-host going back and forth, breaking down the games after every game, and then hearing from the fans. Because the fans are the most important part of the sports ecosystem. It's the fans that are buying the tickets They're buying the merch. They're invested in the team, the comings and goings. So the fan needs to be heard. And I took a lot of of stock in that and placed a lot of value on that. So nevertheless, in growing the channel, our content has evolved into a post-game show for the fans, by the fans. One that is watched by thousands around the world, not just around the United States. Shout out to Evan Roberts. He's a fan of the show, even though he's a Nets fan. Although he likes to call in, he likes to tune in when the Knicks lose to hear us lament about these losses. But shout out to Evan, nevertheless. So over the years, we've grown exponentially. This thing has caught fire. This has been a movement that has taken me to many platforms. You guys, some of you guys out there know my my battles with a, a certain personality who I won't name on a platform I won't name. You've seen me and heard me on, on SNY TV. Shout out to Ian Begley. He'll be here tonight at 11 o'clock. And now I'm back here on the fan. And again, it, it, it's just, uh, I'm just humbled and blessed at the opportunity. And over the time, the growth of the, ch- of the channel, we've had a number of ex-players come on the show. And, and that's gotten us through. The fans have loved the stories told of yesteryear from fan favorites like Xavier McDaniel, John Starks, Derek Harper, Rasheed Wallace, Jamal Crawford, Kenyon Martin. Some of the old guard would remember Mike Reardon of the 70s Knicks, the Minutemen, Bill Hoskett. Spike Lee has jumped on the Knicks fan TV bandwagon. We've had Spike Lee on the show. And most recently, one Evan Fournier came to Knicks fan TV, his first stop. When he came to New York after the press conference, he DM'd me and said, the fans pointed me in your direction. I want to talk to the fans. They told me you were the place to go. You were the guy to talk to. And we brought Evan Fournier on. We had a great show. And it's the last positive memory that we have of him <laughs> for right now. It's been rough. But shout out to Fournier either way, man. Stand up guy. He's going, he's, he's going through it right now. So nevertheless, we are here 
CP the Franchise, Knicks Fan TV, and that is my introduction to those of you that aren't familiar. But tonight, we got to take care of business because these New York Knicks, tonight is going to be a State of the Union, a State of the Knicks show. We got to talk because at 12 and 14, these New York Knicks are in a tough, tough place right now. They are down bad, as people would say. And when you look at the unexpected and surprising season that they had last year, 41 wins, fourth seed in the East, Julius Randle, most improved player, Tom Thibodeau, coach of the year, the, 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 the rise in the second year of R.J. Barrett, so many great stories, the vaunted Knicks defense that captured the league, leading the league, in many defensive statistical categories. Right now, everything is the complete opposite. What is going on with the orange and blue people? This is what we need to talk about tonight. Where do we go from here? We have a team that's highly inconsistent. You have the coach 26 games in several times. Talking about the lack of energy, the lack of intensity in his team, which was the one thing that when we go back to last year, you didn't have to question. It was the one surprise, which made the Knicks a great defensive team last year. Not good, a great defensive team last year. Is that they were locked in. They were a unit. They were a cohesive unit. This year is quite opposite. 23rd ranked defense in the league. They give up a ton of wide open three-pointers. A ton of corner three-pointers. The shortest three on the court. You look at the acquisitions that have come in. The prodigal son has come home. Kemba Walker, welcome home. I was thrilled to have him. Yes, we knew he was not going to be the kid that came out of UConn tearing up the Big East. The kid that made it the all-star team with the Charlotte Bobcats and Charlotte Hornets. We knew he wasn't going to be that guy. But if you were to tell me that 18 games into the season that he would be banished to the bench or banished to the wall for, the, for you Game of Thrones fans and, and no longer even an active thought in this rotation, I'd be surprised. I talked about Evan Fournier, his inconsistent play. These two guys were supposed to come in here and alleviate the playmaking burden for Julius Randle. They were supposed to provide a pop in the offense, knowing that the defense was going to take a little step back. You would, you would hope that it took a little step back, not fall off a cliff. And now there's no help on the offensive side for Julius Randle. And speaking of Randle, the most improved player, he signs a max contract, a team-friendly max contract in the offseason, but is a shell of himself. You know, when I, I went to that Knicks versus Hawks series last year, I went to games one, two, I went to Atlanta for three and four. I had the opportunity to sit up close and personal, and the person I saw there during that series was a guy who looked shell-shocked. 
And when I saw that, I said, you know what? This is his first playoff series. We'll cut him some slack. We'll shoot him some bail. Let's see if he comes back stronger next season. But now with Julius, it just seems like the pressure to build on the success of last year, the pressure to be that guy, it seems too heavy for him. As we always say, you know, we always joke in my show that the New York Knicks jersey is the heaviest jersey to wear in the league. And right now it seems like it's, it's wearing them down. Went from shooting 42% from the mid-range last year, potent offense. His arsenal was, I would compare it to, to Carmelo at times last year. This year he's shooting 30% from the mid-range. Went from shooting 40% from three last year. Right now he's shooting 33%. From three. So you talk about the regression from Julius Randle, the regression of RJ Barrett in year three has been a major factor in this team's record right now. You just don't know what you're going to get from young Rowan these days. Are you going to get the guy who left New Orleans with a career high 35 points? A guy who whose hands the coach put the ball in to say, take us home, deliver us this W. After that game, I, I dubbed him Broadway Barrett. I was so proud of that effort. Or is he going to be the guy that's building a brick house from three? You just don't know. You just do not know. You look at who the closer is on this team. Several chances during this season The Knicks have had opportunities to close games. You have guys looking around, unsure who the ball should go to, unsure of of what decision needs to be made. They're not executing out of timeouts well. The team is just flustered. Who is the closer on this team? So questions abound for the orange and blue tonight. We're going to talk about it tonight. 1-877-337-6666. 1-877-337-6666. Ian Begley will join me here at 11 o'clock. The Rhyme Animal Chuck D of the legendary Public Enemy will close the show with me at 1140. We're going to talk. We're going to talk tonight. Knicks Nation, New York, Tri-State. Knicks fans around the country, around the world. Because it's not going to get any easier. They lost a tough one last night to the Toronto Raptors, 90-87. to 87. Julius Randle's three-point shot to win the game just rims in and out. A tough one. And it does not get any easier. Because tomorrow you got a matinee matchup against the world champs who are at full strength. And then Tuesday you have who, in my opinion, will be the next world champs and the next MVP in Stephen Curry. And you know the chef is going to look to put on a show. You know the chef is going to look to drop 70 at at MSG. And if he doesn't break Ray Allen's record in between now and then, you know he's going to look to do that in front of Spike Lee and everybody in the building on Tuesday night. The Knicks now looking at the fifth opponent's strength of schedule. They have the fifth hardest schedule remaining. With 52 games left. 11th seed in the East. An Eastern Conference 
that is formidable. Who saw the Chicago Bulls ascending to the two seed? You have the Washington Wizards in the mix. The Cleveland Cavaliers, led by Evan Mobley, terrific player, should probably win the Rookie of the Year. Terrific player. Leading his team. The Cleveland Cavaliers, ladies and gentlemen. You have the Charlotte Hornets up there in the eighth seed. The East is a beast this year. And so it's not going to get any easier for these Knicks. They're losing games to a lot of teams who they could be in the hunt for for playoff seeding. And tiebreakers are going to have to factor into this. And so they have got to right the ship fast. Or else, as Yogi Berra would say, is going to get late early. So as I said, I want to hear from you guys. one 337 6666 We're going to take a quick break and, and get to your phone calls. The fan is on your smart speaker. To listen to the home of New York sports, just say, Hey Siri, play WFAN. Back in the mix. CP the franchise, the franchise on the fan. State of the New York Knicks, the state of the union. All right, let's hear from the people. Let's start with, oh, I got to go to my guy. JD from Manhattan, aka JD Sports Talk. How you doing, man? CP. JD, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, man. I just want to say, man, that monologue was absolutely outstanding, my guy. I, Did a great I, job. I appreciate it, man. Thank, thank you so much, man. Did a great job. You would have thought you've been on the on WFAN for more than a debut. <laughs> hey, I, I learned from the best, man. Like I said, I learned from the best. You know, it was the ten thousand hours of mastery just comes from just just being plugged in and listening day in and day out. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And, and I'm glad that you gave a you gave homage to some of the WFAN greats because we've all you know grown up with the Steve Summers, the Joe Beningos. Yeah. You know, and all those guys. So I'm sure it's a special moment for you, and we're here to support you, man. And tonight, state of the Knicks. State of the Knicks, bro. Where do we begin? Well, look, I I think, number one, you know where I'm starting, and and I'm starting at the point. Because you guys know that uh, I'm a big Alex Burks fan. I've been a fan of his since they brought him in. I thought he would be a great utility player for us. He's a bucket getter. An absolute microwave. He's missed the fourth quarter, as we know. But make no mistake, I think when they took Kemba out of the lineup and put Burks in, I didn't think it was going to work. I didn't like it. You know, I I did not like them putting Burks in the lineup because if we're going to talk about the coach putting these guys in the best position to succeed, you're not doing that with Alec Burks or putting him at at the point. You're just taking away from his strengths. I I don't like it. Right, and and it goes with what you know. What we talk about sometimes when you take role players and you put them in positions where you ask them to do more than what they've done in their career, you get to see what we've seen. Yeah. And and you know when you talk about Nerlens Noel being asked to be now a starter, yeah. Alec Burks being asked to be a starter, these are guys that are bench players that will play you know fifteen or twenty minutes. You're asking them now to play thirty minutes. And you start to see areas where they get exposed, and then it has a trickle down effect on the rest of the team. So, 
I think, you know, what you do now, since, you know, this is what we're going to have to talk about, mm. what do we do now? Uh, on the positive end, when you look at the loss column, the Knicks are only three to four games back of one of these top four seeds. I think Miami's yeah. had 11 losses on the fourth seed. Mm. So, yes, the East is a beast, but there's a lot of parity that comes with that. Yeah. So you have an opportunity on any three, four-game win streak yeah. to jump some spots and get right into the mix. Yeah, and they've, they've got to run a couple, man. Now, now these next two, is, it might be a bloodbath. I'm going to tell you right now. You guys better cover be up. You might you better cover up because MSG, it, it, it's going to get real quiet in there early. You know, when you got the Greek freak coming in and you got the chef coming in. It, it could be a bloodbath these next two days. I think Tibbs has got to figure out one or two things. You either put quickly in at the one or you figure out a way to guide Derrick Rose from start to finish by limiting his minutes. One of these two guys has to be your starter. If you're not going to put Kemba Walker back in, you either figure out a way to get Derrick Rose from start to finish by managing his minutes properly or you put in quickly because we need more ball movement, more playmaking in that lineup. And then what I'm going to do from there, I'm putting Fournier on the bench. I'm not benching him. I'm putting him on the bench, J.D. He's a turnstile on the defensive end. We cannot have that. So I'm moving Burks to the two. I'm moving R.J. to the three. I'm going to try to shore up my perimeter defense that way. And then I'm either going with quickly or Rose at the one, man. And enough is enough. We, we need better flow in the offense. We're one of the worst teams in the first quarter, one of the worst teams in the third quarter in terms of scoring. And, and I know fans would, would love to see IQ in position, yeah. but I, I'm going to go with Rose. And the reason I'm going to go with Rose is this is a few times now we've gone with this experiment of getting off to a good start. Mm -hmm. So let's go now with the actual veteran mm -hmm. that has been in that position previously in his yeah. career. I, I right? Let's, go, you, let's go with stability. Let's go with Mitch. Let's put Mitch back into the starting lineup. Yep. But what Tibbs has to do, CP, is when he does settle on that starting lineup, you need to realize if it's going to be Rose and Mitch, you don't have to play him the first nine minutes of the game. Right. He's he's running the he's he's coaching the game in a template where whoever's starting they're playing the first nine minutes of the game. Right. You know the bench players are not coming in until two minutes left in the first quarter. If Mitch is you know battling conditioning issues, play him the first five minutes. Yeah. It's okay uh, to it's okay to run him off I, after five minutes. I agree, man. I agree, and and I'm just gonna keep keep the calls moving. But I definitely agree with you there. You know, Tibbs has got to be quicker with the rotations. And as you talk about Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel, whoever's in there at the five, they're coming out early because I need Obi topping in this game. I need him in the lineup. Now, unfortunately for Obi, and we're going to talk to Ian Begley at 11 o'clock, uh, Obi Toppin has been put in the COVID protocol, so he's out for tomorrow's matinee game against the world champion Milwaukee Bucks. But when he is healthy, we need him in there early and often. He is the lightning rod of this bench. He's the lightning rod of this team. They play at a much quicker pace when Obi's in there. He's getting rebounds last night, career-high 19 points, 10 rebounds. His energy on this team is electric, leaking out in transition, moving without the ball, cutting, setting screens. That is the energy that we need in this offense, and Obi Toppin has to play a larger role in this show. Let's go to Dan from Long Island. Dan, how are you, man? Congratulations, CP. I'm very happy to hear you on the fan. I don't know if Spike Eskin's listening, but yo, best decision. 
little bit past the hour. CPF Franchise here. The Franchise on the Fan. Talking Knicks. State of the Knicks. State of the Union. And my next guest. He's a man that a lot of Knicks fans know. He's a Knicks insider. Covers the Knicks for SNY TV. I've had the pleasure of working with him. Appearing on his shows on SNY as well. He's the host of SNY's The Putback with Ian Begley. And we're going to bring him in right now. Ian Begley joining us. Ian, how you doing, man? CP, it is an honor, my friend. Uh, couldn't be prouder of you and, and happy to join you uh, tonight and any time, but especially tonight. Congratulations, my friend. Man, I, I appreciate you so much for coming on late night. I know you got an early day tomorrow. You, you could be doing anything right now. You could be getting ready to watch Saturday Night Live or something, man. But, you, you, but you're here talking next with us, man, so I definitely appreciate it. Oh, always, always, yeah. always. Ah, so, Ian, 12-14 and right now, 26 games in. Uh, I mean, what, what do you make of the state of the franchise right now? What, what, what do you, what's your thoughts on, on the, this current Knicks team? Well, there, there's a lot to be desired, I think, because when you look at what this offseason was, you brought in Kemba Walker, you brought in Evan Fournier, and you thought that this offense was going to be improved and you thought that the offense was going to be improved to the point that whatever the detriment on defense was, you would be able to make it up with the improved offense. And that's a formula we haven't seen come to fruition at all, CP. I mean, you know it. I'm just wondering for you, when you look at mid-December coming up on the trade deadline, where do you want to see things go for this next club? I mean, for me, is there, is there a clear-cut point guard upgrade for us, or do we just – you know, it, it puzzles me. Well, not really puzzles, but I just need to figure out from Tibbs, is there a way we can get Derrick Rose in this starting lineup and, and still manage his minutes to close? Because I, I feel like the upgrade that we need, it's not Berksy. You know, the, 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 the Burks experiment, to me, you're taking away from what Alec Burks, his true strength is on this team, and that is to be focused on getting buckets. But if there's a, if there's a true point guard upgrade to be made out there that that's not gonna cost the farm, I, I would have to look into that. I also think that you know uh, another defensive wing, maybe coming off the bench, would be uh, ideal for this for this team right now. Miles um, Turner, now you know, I think as a fan said on my show that that's more of a luxury, but. I think Turner's a guy that can help, and he's come out in the athletic and said he's looking for a more expanded role uh, for a new team, the leading shot blocker in the NBA, and, and a nice three-point threat as well. So I think those are the three areas that I'd look at. And you hit it, CP. The, the guard, to me, is, is the big issue because, you know, you, you thought you had depth there coming into the year, and now Alec Burks is starting, yeah. and, you know, Derrick Rose – it's going to be Derrick Rose, and he has been Derrick Rose for this team. But you're just looking to kind of make these pieces fit, and it just—it feels like a roster of players that that they, we see with the starters. They just haven't gotten comfortable with one another. Yeah. You know, and we're more than a quarter away into this season, and you know, it seems to me too that one of the things last year the team hung its hat on was just uh, defending every night and bringing effort every night. And of course, they had their nights where. They were a little bit off, and, and then they got, you know, 20-point losses, 15-point losses. But you see it more regularly with this group, and that's just concerning to me based on the idea that the tra- one of the successful traits of this club was 
their ability to bounce back last year. And that's a big yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. I wonder if this team would have a, a better record right now if Alfred Payton <laughs> and Reggie Bullock were still here. I mean, I think it's up for debate. What do you think? Hey, it, it is up for debate, man. You, you never know. You, you just never know. They very well could because, again, you know, Bullock was the guy. He, he, he took a lot of the tough defensive assignments. He was a guy that – uh, they they use in a very versatile role guard in multiple positions. The the one thing about Peyton, although he was tunnel vision, he, he gave Tibbs what he wanted by put by putting pressure on the rim. But you know, all in all, with those guys on the team, it it, it still put the onus on Julius Randle to make uh, most of the plays for this team. And we were hoping that Fournier and Kemba could do that. And now you you jettison uh, Kemba to the bench. And Forney just had doesn't have it. What do you make of the Kemba decision? You know, 18 games into this thing, do you think it was the right move for Tibbs to be just so steadfast and saying well, he, he's on the bench? I, I do give the Knicks credit for making the move early on when they did, as opposed to kind of saying, "Hey, this was one of our bigger acquisitions in the offseason, so we want to give it more time to see if we can make it work." Because uh, it was clear, I, I'm not saying everything was Kemba Walker's fault. I don't think it's fair to say that, and I don't think it's accurate. But they felt that making the change w- would bring on some more success, so they did it, and they didn't allow the politics at play to get in the way. So I give them credit for making the decision there, but you haven't seen the results from a bottom line perspective uh, that they were looking for. I mean, yeah. you, you know, the wins and losses are the wins and losses. It's not good. But even the competitive nature of the club, I mean, they got they got crushed in Indiana. They came back the other night in Toronto, but they were down 20 with that starting unit on the floor. And so you haven't seen the result there. And you talk about Burks, and I think, you know, he's been so good for that bench, and it, it just hasn't translated to the starting group the way Tom Thibodeau thought it would. Now, does he have to make another change? And I guess how many changes is he going to be able to make before you say, wow, this wrestler's just flawed and there's no... There's no magic move here to turn this thing around. I, I think he's got to look at it, in because as I said, as Yogi Bear would say, it's going to get late early for this team, man, because the schedule is not going to get any either, easier. They're fifth right now in, in opponent's strength. The schedule is going to get very tough. I think this week could be a bloodbath when you think about the world champs coming in and Steph Curry coming into the garden. You know he's going to look to, to light it up. So uh, I think it could be some some dark, dark days ahead. The one move I'm looking at is potentially putting Fournier on the bench, having him coming off the bench, and either go Rose IQ at the one, go Burks at the two, RJ at the three, Julius at the four, and then, you know, whether it's Nerlens or, 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 or Mitch, whoever's healthy, whoever's ready to go, you go with them at the five. But I need this guy next in this rotation early, and that is Obi Toppin. Career high last night, 19 and 10. The fan base has been anxious because they, they, they can't stand Tibbs taking him out of the game. 25 minutes last night. Does Obi Toppin, will he get more minutes with this team? You know, that's that's the big topic of conversation, right? And I, I on one hand, I mean, the way he changes the game on offense, it's so easy to see um, even from, you know, watching the game, whether you're courtside or watching TV, it's so clear that he, pushes the pace, and he forces the defense to react when he's running out in transition. But I think Tom Thibodeau, he wants to take a more patient approach, and I know fans don't want to hear that because they want, yeah, it's a little bit of the backup quarterback 
uh, syndrome where they want the young guy who, who seems to be bringing energy on the court a lot. But I think Toppin, you know, you look at his perimeter shooting, uh, you look at some of the defense, and, and he's got work to do. Yeah. So I think what the question that the, the Knicks would have to ask themselves is, do we want to give Toppin a ton of minutes here and just say, you know, we're not winning is not the goal every night. We're trying to develop a young player or, or does it, do they say to themselves, well, we're going to try to win. So we're going to squeeze everything we can out of this roster or there is, is there a middle ground? And I, I think uh, they're in a tough spot with Julius Randle and with Obi Toppin and with figuring it all out on the fly. They, they've got some decisions to make is uh, for sure, man. Two quick questions. Um, one, one thing the fans want to know who on the coaching staff, is in charge of the offense. You know, we, we did learn that when Johnny Bryan came that he did have some influence on Quinn Snyder on the Utah Jazz offense. Who is that guy that Tibbs is leaning on to to design the plays and draw up the plays on the offensive side? It's a good question, TP. And whenever we've talked to Tom Thibodeau about it, he's talked about kind of like an egalitarian style where everybody has input on, on what happens. But sometimes there is a breakdown where there's, one defensive coordinator, the assistant is a defensive coordinator, and the defense, another assistant, the offensive coordinator. It's it, not clear to me that there's that kind of delineation with Tom Thibodeau on this staff, because again, he's talked about everybody having a voice uh, on the staff and, and what they do. Uh, I'm sure, obviously, assistant coach has, coaches have specific scouts for specific games and they create game plans, but I don't know if there's a, like a tried and true offensive coordinator on this coaching staff. Last question for you. We're, we're talking to Ian Begley, Knicks insider for SNY TV. Um, you know, this is the, the time of year when the Knicks are in the doldrums. Fans want to fantasize. They want to daydream about big trades. Uh, you wrote a great article this week on SNY.com regarding one Damian Lillard, whose future in Portland is in question right now. What do you think the prospects are of the Knicks going big fish hunting at, at this stage in the game? CP, I think a lot of the bigger moves would happen in the offseason. I don't see, unless things change drastically over the next couple of months, I think like the, the Lillers, the Carlos, and the Towns, that kind of player, I don't think he's going to get moved by the deadline. I mean, Ben Simmons could get moved. I'm, I'm not sure uh, how strongly the Knicks have pursued Simmons and talk to the Sixers about uh, potential Simmons deals, but you know he he's a name that could get moved, and then Kyrie Irving. But I don't think uh, I don't think either of those players are like top targets for the Knicks. So when you're talking about that big fish, that big trade for a star, I think that's something that's a little bit far off now for the Knicks. It's something that would come about in the off season, as opposed to something that comes up uh, by the February 10th trade deadline. Yeah, I, I agree there. I just don't think we're, we're ready for that type of move just yet. Uh, maybe some smaller ones, if they do come about, we'll, we'll have to uh, to wait and see. Uh, last question, injuries. Obi Toppin, it said that he's in the COVID protocol. Uh, have we, Do we have any updates on whether that's impacted the team or, or when he may be back? Yeah, we don't. We just know, CP, that if Toppin has two consecutive negative tests, he'll be able to get back on the roster and onto the floor. But if he if he is not able to get those tests, he's going to have to sit for 10 days. So he's kind of in that situation LeBron James was in uh, earlier this month where LeBron, had the, I guess it was eight tests reportedly yeah. that came back negative, and he was able to get back on the floor. So for Toppin, they're in a kind of a wait-and-see mode 
and I'm not sure if it had spread anywhere else on the roster, but you're seeing cases pop up all over the league, the Chicago Bulls in particular. So uh, it's clear that this is something that's on the minds and it's the forefront of everybody's thoughts in the league as they try to navigate through another season. Indeed. Well, he's, he's a spark plug that we need desperately in this rotation, so hopefully he's back sooner than later. Ian Begley, I appreciate you. And not just for, for coming on late night with, with us here, 11 o'clock on the, on the East Coast, but you're clearly on the LIRR or the Metro North. SantaCon <laughs> is going on. The SantaCon letout is going on. Watch out for the zombies, Ian, but I definitely appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and talking Knicks with me in, in route, in transit, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, CP, likewise, my friend. You know, my goal was just to have a little uh, bing-bong in the background. That was the whole thing. (laughs) That was a setup, man. I I appreciate it. You made the show that much better, Ian. Thanks again, man. (laughs) Anytime, my friend. Be well. I'll talk to you soon. All right. That was Ian Begley, Nick's insider for SNY TV. We're going to take a quick break and then get back to the phone calls. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Castro, go crazy. All right. Back in the building, CP the franchise. The franchise on the fan. This is the State of the Knicks show, State of the Union. Just heard from Ian Begley, SNY inside on the Knicks. Knicks got an early matinee game tomorrow. 
12 o'clock against the world champs. We're back to full strength. Chris Middleton's back. He didn't play in the first matchup against the team. Uh, Drew Holiday's back. He didn't play in the first matchup. Played in the second one. And uh, and now they got Dante DiVincenzo back. So Knicks better uh, get some some rest and, and get up for this one because it's, it's going to be a tough one, no, no doubt about it. And hopefully they don't make a uh, another star out of the Milwaukee Bucks role players. The first game was Grayson Allen. Second game was Pat Connaughton, who entered into the Madison Square Garden Hall of Fame for role players who become stars because the Knicks' new slogan, as I've said on my previous shows, it's not we here, it's not bing bong, it is we will make you famous. Add Pat Connaughton to that list. You had Zeke Najee from the Denver Nuggets, who had a career high against the Knicks this year. Ricky Rubio, a career high against the Knicks. What, he dropped like 37 points? Cole Anthony. The list goes on and on. The Knicks have got to muster up some pride in their building. Protect your house. Play hard. Play physical. The intensity. There's no reason why this coach should be leaning on that game in and game out in his post-game press conferences. Something is just not right there. The players have got to come better than that. Back to the phones we go. I got to go to Anthony in West Islip. Anthony, what's going on? CP. First time, long time, my guy. What's good? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, Ant. We, we, we got to go back to Francesa, our Super Bowl trivia intro. All right, all right, let, let, let's start this over. Uh, Anthony from West Islip, uh, what, kind of fan, what kind of fan are you? Jets fan. Ah, oh, Jets <laughs> fan. All right. Uh... <laughs> my guy, listen, I, I got to say, first of all, it's, an honor to call in and talk to you on the fan. Really is. Uh, it's kind of surreal, to be honest. Surreal, um, man. It, it really is. It's an amazing thing, and I'm just proud of you, man. Uh, first thing I had to say is that for sure. Thanks a lot. I know, of course, of course, man. I know there's a lot of people trying to call in because it was busy when I called in, so mm-hmm. that's a good thing. And uh, two quick, I got a point. Yeah, a question for you. So let's first go. point is, uh, let's go. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about point guard play. Defense is the reason why the Knicks aren't playing well. You, you touched on this in the monologue, and I have to bring it back because no one has yet. Mm-hmm. The number one reason why the Knicks aren't the same team as they were last year, mm-hmm. you could point to defense, but for me, Julius Randle is not the same player as he was last year. He's just not the same, mm-hmm. and he's even worse in crunch time. Mm-hmm. There's no person I don't want to see on the line when, when free throws count than Julius Randle. Oof. There's Talk no person I want to see in the paint with seconds left getting ball stripped out because he, he's turned, yeah. all, turned the ball over five, six times. Talk about and, it, man. It's it's hard because I know he wants to be mellow. Yeah. You know, not I don't mean mellow like be him, but like be that guy. He wants to be that guy, but he's not that guy. No, he is not that guy, and he's not that guy. And I'll make it. You know, one more question because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know I told you fans are calling in for sure. You said if we can make a trade, you know, if, if, if for a point guard to upgrade, if, if it was available, mm-hmm. I gotta ask it because you asked Begley. I'm gonna go at you right now. Mm-hmm. What's the haul you're willing to give to give yourself Dame Lillard? I'll hang up and listen. Oh, Good luck, my guy. My guy, I appreciate you as always, man. And here's the thing. My favorite player in the NBA was was always Carmelo Anthony. Shout out to Melo. Stay Melo. But next to Melo is Damian Lillard. That is my guy. I've been on Dame time since he came into the league out of Weber State. 
an absolute bucket. I am a big-time Damian Lillard fan. What is the haul I would give to get Damian Lillard here? None. I don't want it. We can't do it. We cannot do this to ourselves every year where we look for the shiny new object because things are just not working in the micro. We've got to think bigger picture. If we're going to package up all the kids and you're going to package RJ and you might have to package Obi. Remember, the Portland Trailblazers, they just got their GM uh, president in basketball operations up out of there. That new regime is going to look to make a splash. So if they're going to trade Dame, they have their telling the city that we're going to rebuild and we are going to bring some young horses a haul in for this guy that's carried our franchise for a number of years. We'll put his jersey up in the rafters later, but we got to rebuild this team. They just got a new coach in Chauncey Billups. I'm not willing to pay that price that they're going to be looking for because you know it's going to be high. You got to start with at least three first-round picks. RJ, OB Toppin, they're going to want your best assets for their guy. I'm not ready to part with that. That's not where we need to be playing if we if you're Leon Rose and the New York Knicks. I know that things are not looking good right now. This team's sitting at 12 and 14, and you're staring at Julius Randle as your workhorse, as your go-to guy, because we know that Julius isn't that guy. Ideally on the team that's going to be in the realm of contender, in that top four, that top five in the league, Julius Randle needs to be your third option. Second at best. He's got a lot of pressure on him right now to be that guy, and he's crumbling. As you said, it ain't. The free throws in in, in crunch time is abysmal. Dribbling into the double teams, and his arsenal is just not on point as it was. But if I'm going to gut my team to bring in Dame Lillard and Julius Randle, the only thing I'm doing is leaving us in a state of mediocrity. You got to tell me if you bring Dame here, that with the rest of the assets that you have, and the Knicks do have a, a bevy of assets. They have a ton of draft capital to play with right now. But you have to tell me that you're going to be able to take that and turn that into a into another star. And I just don't see that person out there for them right now. You have Damian Lillard, who's on the other, other side of 30. What is he really going to give to this team outside of give you a, a glimmer of hope on the back pages. And yeah, he'll he'll come into MSG and, and light it up. He might score 40, he might score 50 one night. And you say, oh man, Dame, he looks great. But where is the potential for a championship? I just can't see it. We've got to stay the course. Play the kids, as previous callers have said. Tips has got to get these young dogs in there, starting with Grimes. I don't see a path for McBride or Sims just yet. Start it with Grimes. Get your perimeter defense on point. He's a good three-point shooter. Get him some experience. We've got to see if the kids that we have on this team can help elevate this team, can help this team win games, and whether some of these kids have staying power or they can help you down the road get better talent in here. Now's not the time. We still need to be evaluating the talent on this team to see what exactly their fit is 
and where we want to go and how we want to move forward. Dame is not the answer for us. I want to go to Max from the Bronx. Max, what's going on? CP. How you doing? Last time I called, I called this station uh, when I read Joe Benigno's name and just balling. <laughs> and the next time I wanted to call this station when I heard you was on. Salute, I'm Max, a big salute, fan. Babe. I watched you my whole life. Yeah. I called this station for like 20-plus years now. Yeah. You're, you're one of the people, Nick. Max. You're one of the people who I got to add in to the iconic callers. You're the, oh, chief, oh, the Chiefs you, fan, the Knicks fan, the Chiefs fan. That, I know that. I know that. Right? Thank you, sir. Yeah. Now we now we finally won a title with football. Yeah. I had to let a lot of stuff go. So I ain't going as crazy as I used to no more. The winning would do that to you. Yeah, of course. Of course. But with the basketball team, the fire is still there. Yeah. You know, you you the, the Damon Lillard thing was so right on point. Mm-hmm. But you you know why you can say that, CP? Because mm-hmm. you're a real Knicks fan. You're not a five-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> no 2K because, trades, man. We can't do it, man. Can't because it. how many times we did that and we wound up with egg on our face? Yeah. How many times we had not enough had no young kids and we not signed them to the extension? We not signed a good free agent. I don't like Kevin Durant. I despise his whole existence. Mm-hmm. But that hot 97 interview was devastating to Nick fans. Mm-hmm and told everything was going on, and Leon Rose had to change that. And I think he did. Yeah. You can't – you got to – okay, you got OB, you got useful display. You got to get more of that. Mm-hmm. You got to build on top of that. Gotta you know why, CP? Look, look at the league. Everybody's doing that. Yeah. Look at the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. The Knicks should look at them and say, okay – we should not trade nobody. Nobody. We should not look at no free agent. Because why? They don't want to come here. And you know why they want to, don't want to come here? They want to go to the same three teams in the league. And you can't build like that. Yeah. David Lillard had plenty of time to do what he wanted to do. He didn't want to do it. He think he wanted to stay in Portland. Now his time has passed, and he got to deal with that now. That's his problem. We got to deal with the here and now. And the here and now is over you. The here and now is the young kids you got. Make RJ to a play. You know, I, I don't know a lot of people know this. I did not want Tibbs. I like what he did last year. But what is, what is, what is this going on now, CP? This is the Minnesota Timberwolves mm. with less talent. Mm. But it's the exact same philosophy. It's the exact, they had a first good year. Jimmy Butler came in. See these guys that have it. Whatever. Do people complain about Julius? Julius what Julius was. Julius what Julius was in the Lakers. Julius what Julius was in New Orleans. Yeah. He had one good year. He turned back to Julius from the set, from other places. You got to look inwards and see what's going on. We, you know basketball. We know basketball. And CP, I followed you when you first went to Madison Square Garden and we drafted them horrible players. <laughs> I've been a fan that long, my man. Appreciate, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate the whole thing. And, and Skip Estes, this is a dream come true. This is great. This is awesome. A reason for Max from the Bronx to listen to the fan that he ain't listened to for three years and was listening to 25 years. Good to you're hear doing a great me, job, man. brother. I love what you're doing. I watch everything you do, and I'm going to continue to watch everything you do. I'm out. Thanks a lot, Max. De- definitely appreciate the support. And it's so funny because because on Knicks Fan TV, we used to have a caller named Max from the Bronx. He has a similar accent to you, but it wasn't you. And I thought all this time that it was you. 
And, and, and it was not. But to, but to hear from the Max from the Bronx from FAN days, uh, that, that's special, man. I definitely appreciate the support. And, yeah, man, just continue to, to tune in and, uh, and support us. Definitely appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break and come back with a special guest. Be part of the show. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. I had to get that encore on there. Jay-Z. CP the franchise here. Kevin Wall on the other side. We're having a great show right now talking about the state of the New York Knicks. How do we get back on track? How do we turn this thing around while there is still time? You know, a, a caller a, a little while back mentioned uh, Nick Legend, Cassie Russell, and, and uh, kind of the six degrees of separation. And Cassie Russell slept on his brother's couch during the championship run. And I got to shout out. Uh, a, a, a special, special Nick legend who, who I've gotten to know over this year and, and on this journey, and that is uh, Dr. Dick Barnett. I, I've had a chance to interview Dr. Dick Barnett twice. I've been doing some work with uh, the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation. Shout out to Steve Bomley. It's a foundation that uh, I, I really appreciate because you know they're out there really trying to inspire the youth of today uh, and, and assist them with, with mentorship. Uh, sending them to college, career training, things of that nature. So shout out to Dr. Dick Barnett, Steve Baumley, and the people at the Dr. Dick Barnett Foundation, man. I've learned a lot from uh, Dr. Barnett, his trials and tribulations coming up in the game. And, and you know, it's, it's an incredible story. It, it is certainly an incredible story. Now, I have to bring in my next guest. As I've been telling you guys, this 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 journey of mine, it's uh, it's more of a fantastic voyage, as my next guest would put it. But he's been he's been a friend of mine during this run, a mentor, and probably the biggest champion of the Knicks fan TV movement. So it's only right that I bring him in here to close the show for us, and that is the legend Chuck D, humanitarian of the legendary public enemy Chuck. How, how you doing? Oh man, I'm talking to the natural. You're the natural. The next, the next movie, the natural, gonna be made after you, CP. <laughs> it's, uh, you sound great. People, people love the accent, man. You can't go and buy the New York New York accent. Yeah. Either you got it or you don't, and it sounds great, man. Over the radio as well as over the uh, the, the uh, screen as well, man. So we dig it, Chuck. Man, I, I appreciate all the support and and, and you looking out for me. Uh, at all times, whatever coast you on, wherever you at, you know, just always uh, touching base and talking Knicks. I, I always appreciate our conversations, man. Yeah, you got, you know, let me tell you, man, you know, there, and I know you heard this plenty of times before from people out there in Knicks Nation, other fans, you know, other areas. It, you know, there had to always be that middle situation that talked directly to us. So sometimes media gets caught up in its own, rules, regulations, and, and its own game. And so us as the fans, sometimes, man, we had no, you know, we had no outlets. You know, if we, wasn't, if we didn't go out together at the game or to the bar or whatever, people would be home, man. And some conversation had to be there, even post-post-game discussion, to keep you from breaking your equipment in your crib. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> or, or, or walking around with a face where people are like wondering, like, why are you so happy? Yeah. And, and you know, and, and, and at least you had the outlet for the good and the bad. And that's what um, Knicks Fan TV, TV has provided for me. So it wasn't one of those things where it was unnatural. It was like, wow, man, I, I need this because for years, especially after, you know, my dad passed away about five years ago, I had no outlet. I had nobody, you know what I'm saying? You're by yourself. And this was a situation where, oh, wow, there is people just like me, <laughs> you know, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and and you did mention, Dad, you know, talk about some of the memories that you had in watching those 70s teams and, and how influential your, your father was and, and you growing up as a Knicks fan. Well, everything, man. My dad was everything, man. You know, you, you, you know I was fortunate sit at the right knee of my father watching the New York sports teams, listening to sports radio, working with my dad. And my dad was very clear. He says, you know, listen, man, you got me, but you take what you learn from me and you spread it amongst, you know, your friends, even people who are not your friends and all that. Because, And he was very clear. He says, you know, fathers don't get a lot of the props that they should, but especially black fathers. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he my man, uh, my father was a... a he was a man for all seasons and a man amongst men and tr- trained a lot of men just to be men in a good, you know, in a good way. So, I mean, when it came down to sports, sports was a great equalizer. Don't matter who you are coming in. It's, it's, you know, it starts right. It's all fair game has no, no real divisions in it. You know, all the false boundaries that were put up before they get broken down when the game and the love of the game and the love of fans all sit together so it was really my dad and also my mom, they were the first teachers to break down boundaries, racism, and do it in a way that wasn't um, uh, uh, compromising or condescending. Do it the way you stand up tall, you know, no matter where you are, amongst kings or even people in the street, you stand up, and uh, and that's how you carry yourself. But you spread it. You don't keep yeah. it to yourself. And that's where that came from. So watching New York teams of course you know it would only be half the teams in new york because i grew up as a met fan you better not be a yankee fan there was reasons why <laughs> there was but there was reasons why black fans weren't yankee fans in the in the 40s 50s and 60s and that came from jackie robinson so therefore automatically they got everybody by default you know mm-hmm. and then later on the giants but really everybody was a brooklyn dodger fan it all started in brooklyn so that's how that happened when it came down to basketball it was only the knicks and when it came down to football, it was a little different because the Giants had their little thing going on. So when the Jets came in, they came in as, as a Rebel League. So my dad was a Jets fan, but we had respect for the Giants. It was just different with the Yankees. So we grew up as Nick as Nick fans and 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 New York fans, and we always pulled for New York. And I became a Nick fan quite blindly in 1967-68 season. And I was calling Dave the Butcher, Dave the Butcher. <laughs> you know, I thought Willis Reed's name was Rebound Reed. And you listen to Marv Albert and, and Bob Wolf on the radio, and they're like, Rebound Reed. So it's, they got a butcher. They got a guy named Rebound Reed. And so <laughs> you just totally got, you know, that, that seeped into me. And I remember uh what what last season reminded me of it reminded me of the year not when the Knicks it was like the year when we made that turn when I started seeing like okay wow a lot of other people you know cheering the Knicks with my dad you know 
um, we went from being a whack team into being a team like people start turning their heads at. And that happened really kind of like after the day the Busher trade. And I remember that. And then the Knicks losing. And then they, everybody was like, yeah, but next year it's going to be something. And so that's what last year reminded me of. It reminded me of like turning the corner out of nowhere. People like, what? So here we are, CP. Here we are, uh, the first 26 games, and we 12 and 14. So I have a reason to always keep hope alive because through the 70s, through the 80s, through the 90s, uh, the 2000s, you know, it was one of these things where, you know, you, you keep hope alive, you keep pulling for it, and that's the most that you can do. You can't abandon ship on the, on the team that you did. Got got to stay loyal no matter what. And as you said, 12 and 14 through 26 games. Is there a, a, a change? Is there something that you would like to see from this team that you feel like can, can turn things around based on what you've seen so far? Well, you know, we 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 in the press button microwave city. So so we have a new gener- couple new generations of fans that think that we could go out and buy a superhero and we could get the chip in a couple of years. And I don't think that's ever, ever happened, man. So where we are right now, one thing we know for for sure, we know that Kimber and Fournier are not Elf and Reggie yet. <laughs> and, that's, and, you know, and when we say Kimber and Fournier are not where Elf and Reggie were last year, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. The first 26 games, the only thing you can say, well, they're pros and professionals, so we can't kind of like duck out of that. But I wasn't one of these people going around saying we're going to win 50 games. I was like, man, I hope we climb to 46 because in, until the team gets to know each other, that 46 and 36 could easily be 37 and 45. Yeah, yeah. And we've lost three chipper games that at least last year we would have pulled one of them out yeah. or scratched two of them out. And, and I don't know, what's the total amount of, of, of points that we lost to the Nets, Chicago, and Toronto by. Couldn't have been more than 12 for all yeah. three games. So small margins, small margins. Right, man. and last year we pulled out the small margins with, with this continuity and this unity and the collectivism. I'm not going to get into whether, you know, uh, empty Madison Square Garden is better than a full Madison Square Garden, but I would tell you this, is that when ke- teams come into New York, they don't fear the yeah. garden. yeah. They feel like they look at it as an opportunity. Like, okay, I'm on a big stage, so I'm a I'm a big stage. It this the garden, so I'm gonna come in. So, which means that we got to get twice as vigorous about defending our turf. It's almost like might as well put on caveman uniforms, man. That's maybe that's maybe that's the next jersey, a caveman uniform with a big one of those mallets. It's like you're not coming. You're not coming up well, in big here, club. right? Big club, right? You're not coming up in here and taking what we got. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pr- protect the garden like a piece of meat or something. I don't we know. Gotta protect this house, man. So that's the biggest difference. But also, you know, here's another thing. I'm not gonna get long winded. When we start looking around the league, everybody seems to have a problem with somebody or some way on the team, and other than the Warriors and the Suns. Everybody got a problem with their team, man. They're screaming about it. So, I mean, what, what, Indiana was just screaming, screaming about Miles Turner mm-hmm. and their lackluster effort at home and all that. And all of a sudden, we're going to, you know, of course we're screaming about what we're not doing. But I tell you one thing, there's talk today and sad talk about Zion being, everybody's coming Oof. up with Greg, Greg Oden talk. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, you know it's what I'm saying? More bad and news that's as I am. tragic, yeah. man. Yeah. That's tragic. So we're not there. So I don't know. I mean, I think Evans a professional. He was a Nick killer. Mm-hmm. Um, defense is defense is a mug when it comes down to this this NBA right now because I just think the game has sped up even over the last two years. There's a lot of cutting, breaking. There's a lot of six nine, six eight. Um, thin wire, you know, multi-position cats who are cutting on a dime and hoisting trays up or wherever. So, you know, we got to defend that. that uh, and my gotcha. my last point on it is like, I just think when you got a, a tray happy league, there's going to be long rebounds. So it's going to be one of those things where that, that ball bouncing off that board is going to be like a football, man. And we just didn't get those three last night. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, we've got to get on the boards, no doubt about it, Chuck. And, and as you said, we we got to protect home court because there's going to be guys starting tomorrow with the Greek Freak. And Tuesday yeah. with Stephen Curry, they are going to look to put on a show and bury us because they <laughs> see the blood in the water right now. Oh, so God, The Knicks God. have got to muster up some, some intensity and some energy. Also, it's going to be some long nights. Five and eight is unacceptable, bro. Ah. Got, got to protect home court, man. Uh, well, Chuck, as I said, uh, I always can rely on you to be there for us on Knicks Fan TV. You're one of the yeah, first man. people in, in our in our chat in our, our chat rooms before uh, before I even start the show. You're in there in the Moss chat, as you call it, vibing with the people, man. So, oh man, all yeah. the, all the cats in there, man. Efrain and Junior Caroma yeah. and First Lady of Sports and. I could go on and, and, and list everybody, man. You know, Mike Maldonado. We all go at it, man. It's, it's, it's like it's a it's a great fraternity to be part of. And a big shout to all the other content providers because I mean I think you've done a great job in leadership mm-hmm. and showing that this is a fantastic addition to how us sports fans can, can extend our fandom. A fantastic voyage indeed, Chuck. I'll talk to you tomorrow, man. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. Yes, yes, sir. Let's get seven and eight at least. <laughs> Let's get to it. That was the legendary Chuck D of Public Enemy fame. And, and as I said, an, an ardent supporter of the Knicks fan TV movement. And I also had the pleasure, Chuck and I have produced the documentary called Fantastic Voyage, which takes a deep dive into Knicks fan TV and the, and the independent content creators that have uh, been, been hovering on the ground. You know, building communities for, for the, the diehard Knicks fan and the passionate Knicks fan. So make sure you guys check that out on my YouTube channel, Knicks Fan TV. It's called Fantastic Voyage, produced by Chuck D and uh, and yours truly. All right, we're going to wrap it up with uh, what one. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones and, and take some calls here. Let me go to Alex from White Plains. Alex, how you doing? CP, my man. What's good, bro? How the, you doing? The Tratocaster in the building. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. One, well, before I get into it, man, congratulations, man. This is a huge accomplishment, man. So proud of you, bro. It's awesome work, man. And your your grind, your effort, like I get to see it behind the scenes. It's just awesome. It's all coming to fruition, man. Yo, man, just kudos to you, bro. Thank, thanks a lot, man. And I, and I got to thank you for the stuff that you do behind the scenes and, and helping us grow out uh, nextfantv.com. So, you know, I appreciate all the efforts, man, that, that you've contributed to the channel and the website. My pleasure, bro. My pleasure. But let's get into this, man. Yeah. Talk about, you know, I actually want to add on to what, what uh, Chuck D, Brian Manable Chuck D said, man, mm-hmm. and talk about, you know, uh, just how the season is going out and keeping some hope. And I go back, I know everyone doesn't want to hear when we're on the panel and talk about like last season, but I want to get your thoughts and opinion on this. Mm-hmm. 
pissed. You know, this is actually a it stinks that they're starting off slow, but what if we're waiting for them to catch fire at the right time, right? Yeah. Let's think about last season how they started slow and then got on that nine-game winning streak to help them get that four seed, right? They go, they split the West Coast three and three. They get the four seed, but they were out of energy once the playoffs come around. Yeah. What if they're trying to pace themselves, trying to get to that right that right moment where they can really – really just take off and then extend that into into the playoffs. Not saying they're going to win a championship yeah. or even make the Eastern Conference. Maybe they get to the second round if if they if everything hits right. But what if you think that's what they're doing? What do you think about that? Uh, if that's what they're doing, man, they, they're going to be dead. <laughs> they're going to be dead because <laughs> they, they already look, look out of it. They already look out of it, man. You heard Tibbs. They have no energy. They have no intensity this early. And like I said, the, the East – is no slouch. You got the Washington Wizards. Who expected the Wizards, the Ca- Cleveland Cavaliers, the Chicago Bulls to be in the top half of the East right now? So if they continue to sleep and just try to sleepwalk their way into the playoffs, well, they're going to find themselves first off in a play-in, and then they're going to get destroyed in the first round. They've got to get it together now. They've got to get it together fast, or else this thing is going to get ugly. Steve from New Jersey. Steve, what's going on? Hello? Steve, how you doing? Yeah, fine. I uh, just wanted to say uh, congrats. Knicks fandom is so proud of you bringing the Knicks fan TV excellence to WFAN. Hey, uh, do you think RJ's lack of hops and bursts will prevent them from ever being an effective finisher at the rim? You know, that that's a good question, man. That That is a good question. I think he's just got to work on his touch. Now, there are times when, as you said, his lack of hops and, 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 and his lack of athleticism, you see him get stuffed a lot, you know, because he just doesn't have that lift. He just doesn't have that burst. But other times he can get there and, he, and he's just not finishing those bunnies. You know, there's times he gets there, he tries to hoist up those floaters or, or mid-range shot, and they, they're just a bit too strong. So I think part of it is yes, part of it is is, is lack of uh, his lack of handles, his lack of athleticism, his lack of burst that will prevent him from doing that. But other times he's just, he's just gotta uh, get get some more touch there. Because I st- whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.